Welcome to Life Source Church. We are so glad you found us. We hope that you will experience God with us as you hear the preaching of the word. Hopefully, this last song was truth for you. Uh, because this morning we're going to deal specifically uh, for God's children and how we need to surrender to him. Um, I thought it only appropriate that as we kind of nearing Easter that we, we look at some of the precursor to that. And the cool part of that is it also comes in line with surrendering to the Lord, our first point of our discipleship process, right? We surrender to the Lord. Uh, that's what brings us into salvation, and that also is what carries us to continue to walk and to grow and to tell others about the Lord. So, buckle up, because <laughs> we're going to have a fun time in the Word this morning. That said, little Susie, six years old, complained of a stomach ache. Like, mommy, mommy, my stomach hurts, my stomach hurts. And mom came up to little Susie and said, well, Susie, it's okay. It's just because you don't have anything in your stomach. I'm sure if you get something in your stomach you'll feel okay. And so little Susie kind of went off and did her thing. And later on that day, from the other room, she heard her father complaining, oh, my headaches. I've had such a headache all day. And little Susie said, I know the answer. Daddy, if you just had something in your head, you'd feel better. What perfect childhood knowledge, and logic, I mean, right? We use that logic oftentimes, right? We try to connect things, compare things, and liken things to other things. And, and this morning, uh, my, my prayer and my hope is that um, what we talk about today will challenge the world's logic that surrounds your life and surrounds my life on a regular basis. Uh, we are continually combating the world's logic to things, which is just derailing, derailing, derailing on a regular basis. It gets more and more ludicrous and more and more crazy. And so it's, we're going to look at Christ specifically and his time in the garden uh, before just the disastrous thing that happened happened for him. But that provides so much benefit for us, right? So Luke 22 um, if you need a Bible and you didn't bring yours today or your phone isn't working, there's one in, under the chairs there. Uh, and it'll be page 1215. Now, in the military, surrender means to welcome defeat by your enemy. Uh, it implies weakness and loss, which leads to subjugation and control by your enemy. Uh, for the followers of Christ, surrender to the Lord is not surrendering to an enemy. It's to surrender to the one who can be trusted the most, who knows you the most, who wants the best for you. And we've got to come to those places about God and about how we view him and how we see him. Because um, I've heard people you know, talk about God in a way where it's like they're trying to ruin their life, they're trying to challenge their life, they're trying to make things miserable for them, and that's never what God's intents are for us. They're good, they're holy, they're pure, they're truth. And so we've got to make sure we always have that right perspective of who God is and how he is toward us. Um, surrender to God doesn't infer that bad things won't happen either. Uh, sometimes we can go down that road that, you know, we're a Christian now, so we live in this bubble. 
uh, this bubble of perfection, this bubble where nothing comes into our lives, this bubble where you know everything is rainbows and unicorns and smiles. Um, but that's not truth. That's not truth, especially when we look at the life of Christ. Uh, certainly, there weren't a lot of rainbows. There weren't a lot of unicorns. Uh, there was definitely some challenging things that were going on there. You will encounter challenges, moments where you're reminded again to yield to his will and not to submit to yours, uh, which might include hard decisions. And we're going to look at one of those today specifically. Uh, so if you're in Luke 22, we're going to start in verse 39 uh, with the heading and the mindset of surrender starts with trusting God. Okay, so read with me. Verse 39 says, Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed. And his disciples also followed him. When he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. Think about your last week. How much of it was trusting God with things? How much was it going to him and saying, how should I react to this? How should I engage with this? How should I live this situation out in my life? Because the easiest thing for us to do is live on autopilot. Just kind of, you know, it's, it was funny. I was um, talking to Amber. We were trying to work out, you know, kind of coming up this morning. And it's like, you know, the clock, the clock, right? We are just masters and slaves to time. And it's, it's one of those things where it's like, that just becomes this rhythm in our life, right? The alarm goes off, we beat it to death, we struggle ourselves out of bed, we kind of drag ourselves to the bathroom, and then, you know, we kind of finally revive ourselves into the day. Maybe that's just me, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but, and then we just, you know, we kind of go through everything else that has to happen, right? You know, it's getting into the car, fighting traffic, getting into work, doing your thing, and, you know, and then all the unexpected stuff that comes up, and then it's like, I, I just, I feel like I play beat the clock almost on a daily basis. It's just incredible. And that can rule our lives if we allow it to. And so we have to become aware. We have to become um, yielded, surrendered, right, to how God would have us to live as believers, because we are supposed to be living differently. And we, that has to be a conscious, not only awareness, but a decision every day. Uh, you have to almost set that as a goal that, okay, I'm going to live like a Christian today. And you're like, that sounds crazy. <laughs> well, but sometimes if we don't remind ourselves, we just kind of rush through the motions of living life and all that it kind of demands. But here, coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed. Um, Jesus went there as usual. Jesus went there regularly. Jesus had time with God all the time. And that needs to be something truthful for us. See, think about the people you trust in your life. You know, it's because you've got some time with them. You've got some history with them. You've got a track record with them. And you know that they are trustworthy. Well, obviously, God is the most trustworthy. And that should be like an easy one. But think about it. Do you trust him? Because he has this wonderful book that provides ways to live life. And oftentimes, we live in opposition to the way we're told to live. So do we truly trust him? 
challenge yourself. Because it is so easy to just let tomorrow be like today, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day. We have got to be engaged. We have got to come to him. And, and for me, I know when I come to the Lord, I'm challenged in my heart. I'm challenged in my thinking. I struggle with uh, just the, the, the type of, um, not so much personality, but it's like I tend to be very self-sufficient, and it's easy for me to just manage things. But God wants to be involved. And that, for me, that takes a very conscious effort to say, to, to step back, to not let the clock demand. To say, okay, Lord, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my time with you. I'm gonna spend time with you. I'm going to commune with you. And the more you do that, the more you have that opportunity and that ability to believe and trust and see his hand working. And I, I'm addicted to that. I love to see God put stuff together. I love to see situations come together. It's just incredible. Um, I, I see it happen in your lives all the time. That's the, that's the disappointing part. Uh, for a lot of you, um, everybody tells me what's going on in their life, which is really cool. And so I get to hear how God's working here and there and there and there. And it's like we need to have like a, a weekly testimony time or something where people go, this is how God worked and this is how God worked. Because I think we would be encouraged by how much God is at work. Because sometimes it feels like, is he really working around me? I don't see it. But he is. Let me encourage you. But the second part of this also has to bring us to an awareness. When he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. Temptation is real, and and prayer is certainly one of those ways that we can impact being tempted. Because we have to acknowledge that. We have to acknowledge that being drawn into sin is a possibility for us. I think sometimes we think, oh, I'm a Christian, that's never going to happen again. True. (laughs) We, we We are no longer in bondage to sin, to temptation. But it's there nonetheless. Even Christ was tempted. Now, he didn't yield, but he was tempted. And so it, it is real. It is, is still happening around us. Um, and understand, if you do not have a defense, there is a greater opportunity for defeat. And you have to be aware. Um, somebody I really enjoy reading and listening to is Ray Pritchard. And um, he put out a book called Stealth Attack, uh, which is very militaristic, so I really enjoy it. Uh, and so he talks about the whole idea that, you know, as believers, we become real astute uh, as far as, you know, oh, you know, this is a challenge for me and that's a challenge for me. And we put these safety nets up and we put safeguards in our, our worlds to guard against these things. Um, and so those things that we think we have managed or in control or aren't an issue for us, we leave wide open. And sometimes it's, you know, that's, I, I don't know about you, but I get so discouraged when I hear like, you know, this person had this tragic thing happen because they fell into sin or that person chose to do something and whatever. And I go, how does that happen? How on earth does that happen? And it's one of those things where if we're only worried about this stuff here that we can see and we know, okay, this is a problem for me and I've got to stay away from that. And, you know, I, I don't buy chocolate because I'll eat it all. And, but, you know, back here, there's this stuff that we think we have taken care of. The enemy can come right in behind you and totally derail things for you. So it's like, you know, we have to have this 360 degree 
kind of lifestyle where it's like, not that we get so ultra, ultra concerned about it, but there's an awareness. There's a, there's a fact that, you know, you know I, I don't think that, you know, okay, pornography's not an issue for me, but you don't put any safeguards. You're at risk. You know, people sometimes criticize me um, because when I counsel with women, my wife comes in. Oh, you don't trust yourself? Of course I do. But, but I don't want to give the enemy an opportunity to come in and totally derail my ministry. I mean, I feel so privileged to be able to stand before you and talk about the Word of God. And to lose that would kill me. And so to provide an opportunity for the enemy to come in and take that away, my goodness, I can't. I want to make sure that never happens in my life. And we have to be mindful, all of us, that that does not happen. Even in the areas where we feel strong. And again, I'm not saying get, get all crazy about it, but just you have to have an awareness. You have to make sure that you know, you're not at risk. And again, talking to God, God will tell you those things. God will open your eyes to those things like, mm, hey, you know what? You seemed a little too chummy with that person. Or, oh, you know what? That person seemed a little ch- too chummy with you. And maybe you need to like take a couple steps back. Because sometimes those things happen. And sometimes they rub us the wrong way. But are you willing to surrender to the Lord because you trust Him? You trust how He's speaking into your life. You trust His truth. That's what He's asking us to do. And that's what we see Christ showing us. Now, just to nail it a little further, let no one say when he's tempted, I'm being tempted by God, for God cannot tempt anyone with evil. He does not tempt us. But how does that happen? James 1.14, each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. King James says, by his own lusts. <laughs> We're our own enemy. <laughs> We really are. And God wants to help us remember that. You can't just let those things slide. And that's why coming to him, he is that purifying mirror for us. Because I don't know about you, but when I spend time with God, it's like sometimes he brings up stuff that it's like, why is that an issue? (laughs) But I've got to trust him. That maybe it's a relationship, or maybe it's an attitude, or maybe it's something. But it's that relational aspect, that time with him that is not only give, but it's take, where you wait and you listen, or you read and you listen. It's got to be, you know, a relationship is built on trust, and that trust is two-way, and so it's like we've got to be listening for God too. Um, and I'm going to hit another aspect of that, so I'm not going to go any further with there. Quick question before we move on. Who influences your daily decisions. Are they influenced by God? Or have you taken care of all of them? Just think about it. Secondly, surrender is nurtured through prayer, conversing with God. Verse 41. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. 
and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And this is, I, this is where I think we struggle so much as believers. Um, prayer has been this just unbelievable pursuit for me my entire Christian walk. Um, it's, you know, I try to, every year I try to take one spiritual discipline, focus on it, learn about it, take it apart, those kinds of things. And, you know, every year when I get to prayer, it's just out there. And I don't mean out there crazy. I mean, there is just, there are so many elements to it. There are so many sides to it. Um, there, and it's more than just this one way thing. Um, developing a relational aspect to prayer with God takes effort, takes time. Um, because it's like, if, if you're not hearing from God, you're not waiting for Him to talk. Because it happens. It's real. It's possible. And I'm not saying, you know, it's not that kind of stuff. But it's like, he uses his word, he speaks, I mean, he has brought conviction, he has brought change, he has brought joy, he has brought all sorts of things. While as I'm reading his word, he's either confirming things I'm doing in my life, or he's saying, oh, you're almost there, you're a little off though. And keeps me on the path. But it's, it's taking that time to listen, to listen for him. And we are challenged there because it's, it's not microwave time. It's crockpot time. Sometimes you have to sit and wait and wait and wait because he wants to be heard. He doesn't want you to miss it. And you have to be paying attention. The other part here, which I, I find so comforting, is you know Jesus presents his will or his choice of outcome. And you know, Peter says, you know, that's God wants us to cast all our care on him because he cares for us. And I think sometimes we are afraid to vent to God. Guess what? He's not afraid of that. He's not afraid of that. Oh boy, I didn't think of that. I'm, I'm glad they brought that to my attention. God never says those words ever. He knows our hearts. He knows what our struggles are. He knows where we're vacillating on things and, and need his assistance. And he wants us to talk through those things sometimes because sometimes when we say them out loud to him, it's like, wow, that sounded really stupid or really shallow or really uh, untrusting. If you need to vent to God, vent to God. Talk to him about what you're, you're dealing with. Talk to him about, you know, I, I don't get this and I don't understand this, but I want your will in my life. And I'm struggling. He's not afraid of that. He want, in fact, he wants to engage there. He wants to come into those situations. He wants to say, I've got this. Let me carry you through it. But we are so prone to self-sufficiency. We are so prone to trying to, you know, gut through it ourselves. You know, or some of us, you know, we love just, you know, oh, I'm struggling under the burden of Christ. Oh, I hope I make it. And, you know, we're the living martyr. Where's the glory for God there? 
Where's the victory for the Lord there? Our God is a God of victory, and he is a God of holiness. And it's sometimes it's victory in the sense of, yes, I'm in this struggle, and I'm drowning in it, but I know I'm okay. Sometimes that's the victory. And sometimes that gives us the bigger testimony, because people go, how do you manage this? Testimony time. If it wasn't for the grace of God, I don't know what I would do. Oh, what's that about? Oh, you, you don't, you're not familiar with who God is and what he does and how he works? Let me tell you about it. Witnessing. You know, and that's where we tell people about the Lord. Because we're growing in him. Because we've surrendered to the Lord. Just like Christ did. And I mean, think about this. Christ was struggling with this and he knew it was coming. God wants us to trust him. He wants us to surrender to him wholly, completely, without reservation. And Christ was, I I believe there was this ongoing just weight that Christ began to experience as the sin of the world started to just come upon him. I, I want to believe that, you know, in his humanity, he was just starting to feel that and experience that, and be overwhelmed by it. And I don't know about you, but you know, I'm overwhelmed that there's certain things in my life that it's like, why haven't I got past this? I should be past this by now. And God brings me back to him, and he says, trust me, follow me, yield to me, and I will grow you in these things. Prayer Open discussion with the Lord, right? And that's what we see happening here with Christ. Communicating his openness to God's plan, then waiting. And it's like, you know, I don't know about you, but it's like sometimes we get lost in the time. Because we don't know. It doesn't say, you know, and Jesus stayed there for 97 minutes and waited. It doesn't say that. It just gives us the details. And, I, you know, I like to believe that, as he said, Father, if it's your will, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And, you know, there's, there's just a period there, and then the next word starts. And I think sometimes there's time that just takes place in Scripture. That I, I don't think this was an immediate the angels just, boop, hey, I'm here to help you. Because God was our, Christ was our example. And, and we need to walk through some of these ways as well. And we need to trust him like Jesus did. And, and I think when we have those hard times in our life, and those look differently for all of us. Um, sometimes it's just day-to-day things that really overwhelm us. Um, sometimes there are huge things that are happening in our life that are just <sighs> weight beyond weight. But I think we need to do just as Christ did and, and go to the Father and talk to him about it and understand his will. Um, you know, and, and that's it's funny. When, I, when God had sort of three different ideas when I was preparing for today, and his will was one of them, and I really didn't want to tackle that. Because I think until we have this willingness for surrender, understanding his will doesn't have the same kind of impact. 
Because the scripture, if you want to know, it says, you know, this is God's will, this is God's will, this is, it's all over the place. So it's, we can find it. It's not a mystery, per se. <laughs> but it's like, it's a mystery if we never open the book. <laughs> okay? It'll be a mystery. But if you want to understand God's will, open the book, start reading it, because you'll find it all over the place. And the will of God is this, and the will of God is that. So it's there. That's your challenge when you leave. But my first challenge today is surrender. In the positive way. In a biblical way. Coming to terms with God's will. Um, and here's kind of the, the mental challenge here. You know, when something comes to mind that you wish would go your way, surrender to the right person. Because it's like, I don't know, I, if you're like me, the easiest thing is, oh, this is how I think it should go, and this is what I want, and so those two things come together, this is what I think, and this is what I want, so let's do that. <laughs> All right? But that's not necessarily what God's wanting. And, and I'll, I'll be honest, you know, there have been some incredible times that God has challenged me out of my comfort zone that have been unbelievable times of blessing, unbelievable times of joy, unbelievable times of sorrow. Because that's just what comes with it. Because it's like, how can you know ultimate joy if you don't experience ultimate sorrow? It's got to come. It helps you quantify some of those things and understand them better. But the cool part is the next verse, then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. Now, we don't see that today, but we do. You know, I hear that all the time. Oh, you're an angel. You're an angel. <laughs> Follow them around, you'll probably change your mind. But, but in that moment, right, they're an angel to us for whatever reason. And I think, you know, that's where, think about it. Think about surrendering to God. Think about, think about some of the, the really random thoughts you've had. Ah, oh, you should call that person. Or, oh, you should reach out to that person. Or, oh, you should send a note to that person. God working through you to help someone else. And see, that's surrendering to those things. And it's like, I'll tell you, when I surrender to those little random moments, whether it's a phone call, whether it's an email, whether it's a text, card, whatever, God has used those. It's like, oh, you know what? I got your card and blah, 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 blah. How many times have I missed out on that blessing? Because I didn't listen. Or because I didn't take the time to stop and write on a card or take a tag or whatever. But see, that's, that's God working in us. He wants to bring community. He wants to bring unity. He wants to bring that oneness. And so as we start to surrender to those things in our lives, we become those angels in other people's lives. And we have an opportunity to impact people for the kingdom of God. To me, that's exciting. <laughs> I don't know about you. But to me, it's very exciting. I love doing it. Receiving his strength to do hard things. I have a, I was gonna say, I almost said quick, that would be a lie. Um, <laughs> I'll say brief. I have a brief, brief writing from Paul Tripp. Um, I enjoy him. But I think it, it kind of sums up what I'm, I'm trying to say with this whole being nurtured through prayer and being strong in the Lord. So 
just listen. It's too much to put up there, so I didn't put it up on the screen. But it's called Weak. I long to be strong, full of vitality, energy to spare, wide awake, brain and gear, muscles ready, motivation engaged, purpose possessed, raring to go, unstoppable zeal, a competitor, a completer, the envy of others, no frailties, no worries, no regrets. But you have rendered me weak, unable to be what I once was, ever again, not in this life, the old me gone. I cannot live as I once did, I cannot do what I once did, I cannot press through what you have chosen for me. I cannot escape, I cannot break free, I cannot will for something better. Weakness is my lot, suffering is my prison. You have chained me to frailty. I cannot break free. But this prison is your workroom, and I am your clay. You are not a jailer, you are a potter. I have not been condemned, I am being molded. Your hands have been heavy, your push on me is hard. When the soil is resistant, the molding is violent. The weakness is not about what I am enduring. My weakness is about what I am becoming. My travail does not preach your anger. My travail preaches your grace. This prison is your classroom. I am learning your presence. I am learning your promises. I am learning your power. I am learning your mercy. I am learning your gospel. I am learning, learning, learning. The danger for me was never weakness. The danger has always been my delusions of strength. You have shattered my delusion, and in shattering have proven my strength is and has always been you. When we come together with the Lord, and when we allow him through prayer and through time with him and through a conversation with him, and I really want you to start transitioning prayer of more than just this, this one-way street where we talk at God, he really wants to speak with you. He really wants you to hear him move in your life and challenge you to something more. Because I, I think we settle all too often for something okay. Okay Christian living. Ugh. I don't like that at all. Because there is far better Christian life to be had. And I'm a firm believer. You know, there can be Pauls, there can be Peters, there can be Silas's. Oh, there is one. <laughs> there can be these people today. But I think it, it takes a certain way to live to make that happen for us. Prayer is the best preparation as well as the most powerful support under the heaviest sufferings that can come into our lives. Let me say that again. Prayer is the best preparation, as well as the most powerful support under the heaviest sufferings that can come into our lives. And it's, you know, I, it's hard. I think when prayer is something that's regular, it's not only in the hard times. But how often, when do we usually start to pray when things go wrong in our lives, right? Right. <laughs> Um, not that if you pray on a regular basis, everything will come become nice and wonderful. <laughs> I don't want you to you know, believe that. But I don't think it will have the same kinds of impact if you're meeting with God on a regular basis, because then it's just discussion about the circumstances. It's a different kind of conversation with God, because you start to see that those things are opportunities in your life. Those things are possibilities for Him to be seen, for Him to be heard, for someone to understand how he works. 
I mean, think about it. The Christian life uh, is unique. You know, we have all this Christianese that we use inside the church that people outside of the church are like, what on earth are you talking about? But it's like if we can live it out in front of them and start to interpret that for them, how many more people can we win to the Lord? Because they can start to hear him, they can start to see him, and they understand that draw that God is putting out there through you. I mean, think about it. You're in places that God wants you to be to mirror who he is, to allow people to see him in you. And it's like we have to make sure we're constantly sloughing off the junk <laughs> that hides God's strength and power in our life. So quick question before we move on. How often do you talk with the Lord and not at the Lord? The challenge, sometimes. All right, we've got surrender starts with trusting God, surrender is nurtured through prayer, and lastly, surrender must be fought for. Right? So verse 45, it says, When he rose up from prayer and had come to his disciples, he found them sleeping from sorrow. Then he said to them, Why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Immediately, I don't know about you, but my brain goes to two places. One of them is 2 Timothy 4.7. I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. We have got to be in this with a mindset of there is a battle going on. The enemy wants us to give up. The enemy wants us to throw our hands up. I mean, there are so many situations where defeat is just the easy out and just say, oh, I give up. Don't do it. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight through the temptation. Fight through those things that come your way that overwhelm you and just tear you down. Uh, it was interesting. We, we, uh, there was a men's meeting here yesterday after the wedding, and they are kind of talking about a brotherhood of men and how, what the need is and how important those things are because as men, we can so feel isolated sometimes. Like, man, there is just nobody who has my back. We feel that way. I don't know if you feel that way, but we can feel that way. You know, when you're under the car and the jack just fell, you can feel isolated. <laughs> Not that that's ever happened to me. Maybe it has. I don't know. But also, Daniel 1.8 was the second thing that came to mind. It says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank, or with the world tried to feed him, right? Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. And, and this is something it's, that I really want to talk about for just a moment, and I don't want to belabor it too, too bad. But, you know, there are sometimes I, I'm, when I'm talking with guys that there is this, you know, well, I'm not like you. You know, you're a pastor and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, honestly, all of us as men should always be striving to be able to stand up here. And not that you know, all need to be pastors, but you need to have a life that gives you an opportunity to be able to stand up and say something for the Lord. 
Because it's like, you know, when we look at different aspects of the Bible, you know, they said, well, we need these people to get involved with ministry. And they said, well, look for the people who are faithful and look for the people who are living like the Lord. Look for the people who are and choose them. So, so that should be an automatic as a, a, a believer, and women are included in this too. But we should all be striving to be the best us we can be. And not just say, well, I'm not in ministry, so I don't have to do that. It's not about being in ministry. We're all in ministry. We are all his servants. We are all in places that we can serve him. And we have to realize that. And it's about becoming more like him, becoming more like him, becoming more like him. And being prepared. Because there's going to be a day. There is going to be a day where we stand before him and he's going to go, what happened? And I think that's good for, for us. I think there's going to be that kind of mixed thing where it's like, man, wow, I see the opportunities now. And I don't know about you, but I mean, there are opportunities I know I've missed. You know, at the restaurants I've been at or in a situation where it's like there was an opportunity for me to say something. And again, time. <laughs> it's like, oh, I got time. I got to be somewhere. And I let that dictate. And I mean, again, you know, sometimes that needs to because if, you know, if you're on the boss's clock or whatever, and I don't, I don't want to minimize that at all. But I mean, usually God is faithful to give us opportunities and give us time. Most of the time. And, you know, we blame time. Oh, I don't have time. Is the robber of that. But we should all be striving to be men and women who could be in any role in any position in this church and feel like, not because of you, but because of what God is doing in you, that you have something to give. Because we do. We all do. All right. Tick, tick, tick. I'm speaking of time. The battle of time. Surrender must be fought for. And it's just like, I, I see this, you know, Christ saying, why are you sleeping? We can't let fatigue, we can't let heartache be our excuse. We've got to let God's power kind of come into that place and provide the strength and the energy that we need to do what we need to do to know him, to understand him, to hear his will, and to yield or surrender to it. Surrender to the Lord starts with trusting God, is nurtured through prayer, and must be fought for. And that comes with, not, it comes with purposing not to defile yourself. Because the challenge for us, right, is to be in the world, but not of the world. And it's, you know, there's a pastor we had on the um, West Coast, just, I love his illustration. And it's like, essentially, we're on this little inflatable dinghy out in the world trying to make sure nothing gets in the boat. Because <laughs> it's like, he's like, you know, think about it, you know, you're on some kind of cesspool, because that's what the world's stuff is providing for us. And we want to be in it. We want to bring people into the boat, but we don't want to bring all the junk that's out there floating around into the boat with us that will defile us. Being in the world, but not of the world. And that's our challenge. Because it's easy to just adapt. It's easy to just yield to the world's logic, the world's thinking, what they say is okay and believable. And we've got to say, no, 
my God says, this is what's better. And we all have to purpose not to defile ourselves. A couple things, and then we're done. First Peter 5.8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. There is a war, there is someone attacking, and we have got to fight the good fight. And here's the, the counterintuitive aspect. We fight the good fight when we surrender to the Lord. When we trust him, trust his ways, trust his truth, trust his design for structuring our families and our thinking and our schedules and how we live. Don't let this world devour you through its logic or through its philosophy. Fight against it. Surrender starts with trusting God, is nurtured through prayer, must be fought for. My final words for you today are, your life is full of moments that are opposed to God. In those moments, surrender to God's best for you, even when the world or your decisions may lead to opposition by the world. Be a beacon of God's light. Pray with me. Father, we come before you this morning, and Lord, we're going to be honest. It's hard. It's hard to yield to some of the things you want us to do. For some of us, it rubs us the wrong way. For some of us, it's like, wow, if I do that, people are going to think I'm a crazy person. But Lord, I pray that we can get to that place, all of us, where we trust you enough to surrender to you immediately, without question, without hesitance. But Lord, you are so much bigger than that that you are able to handle our struggles and our trials and our frustrations and our whining. And you are willing to overcome those in our lives so that we can walk in strength, walk in power, your strength, your power, not our own. I pray, Lord, that as we walk out today that we will see or understand just one area of our life that we need to surrender to you that will draw us closer that will enable us to hear your voice more clearly so that we can enjoy just that aspect of your presence in our life and that community with you. Uh, I think sometimes we get caught up in the different community of the church, but we, we miss out on the community of you. And I pray, Lord, that that would become something that's very powerful and very much a part of the culture here at Life Source. Father, we thank you, we praise you, and honor you this morning because we no longer have to be slaves to fear. We are your children. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen.